for wrestling diehards only, this is the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast coming at you live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. Thanks for being with us live tonight. My name is Brandon Bainey, and first up is uh, Al Fontes. Al, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing this uh, evening? I'm doing good. I think I'm starting to come down with a, a cold, so I'm going to try and uh, rest and rehab a little bit here as we hit the stretch drive out. Coming up, uh, the three busiest weeks of the winter sports season. Girls State Basketball next week. State Wrestling, of course, two weeks. And then State Boys Basketball the week after that. It's all boom, 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 all in a row. So I got to be on top of my game. A, a guy who's always on top of his game, Jacob Eck with us tonight as well. What's going on, Jacob? How's it going? Going well. Uh, we're, we're doing great. And everybody in the chat, thanks for joining us, of course, here on the Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast. Brian Zollinger is going to try and make it tonight. He was uh, officiating again. When we do these Wednesday night shows, uh, it's hard for Brian sometimes because he's always officiating. But uh, we'll see if he, he pops in at some point tonight. But uh, if you're in the chat, a uh, couple of things uh, that I would ask you to do for us. Uh, hit that like button, whether you're on uh, YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. Um, and then if you're on Facebook, share this post with everybody else. And uh, same thing on, on Twitter, retweet that bad boy. And then on uh, YouTube, if you would hit that subscribe button, um, all of those things help us in the social media algorithms as we, um, you know, uh, people come back and try and uh, watch it at a later time. Cause not everybody can be with us live tonight. Uh, live with us tonight, though, is Bugsy C. And he's got a a, a, a real fired up question right out of the gates, guys. Um, he says, who is responsible for these rankings and are they really doing their job every week? What I will tell you, Bugsy, is we all contribute to them. It's kind of a communal effort. And so uh, we have a lot of voices, a lot of people looking at this stuff, and we do the best we can. And I guess... Uh, if you're not happy with the rankings, then that's that's part of the deal. We want to spark the conversation a little bit. Of course, we want it all to be respectful conversation as well. So um, that is the uh, the long and short answer on the rankings. We always start the show. And, and if you're in the chat tonight, drop a comment. And we'll throw it up on the screen. Even if it's a comment like Bugsy's, it says we're all idiots. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we'll still put it up on the screen. Uh, we want to know where you're watching from tonight. And, um, you know, what team, what athlete you're, you're representing, but we always start the show with the best thing that we saw from the past week of action, Jacob, what was the best thing that you saw from this past week? Uh, I'm going to go Ezra Clemens winning Weezer, but beating Raleigh champ, Tyler Feely, and then pending two time state champ in the finals. Tough. It's probably the best, best result I saw. Yeah, that was that was a, a huge result uh, that reverberated statewide for sure. Al, what was the best thing um, that you saw from the past week? I'll try not to be too long-winded. Um, I didn't see any competition in person, but I did look over the Weezer tournament. And um, this tournament, usually when you have a tournament with all the placers, usually it's less than 10% of freshmen. This tournament had... 19 freshmen place roughly uh, you know 21 percent um and we got a chance to see some of the up-and-coming freshmen 
Ryan uh, Hersher to Caldwell at 98s, who's number one in a 4A. And then uh, at 113s, you got a freshman from Fruitland who's number two in the 3A, and both of them won the tournament. But uh, but at the end of the day, I just want to give a shout-out to all wrestlers uh, who've made it to this point in the season as we're entering the postseason, the district, state, and nationals. Um, each wrestler, regardless of the records, had a had their ups and downs this year. Uh, you know, significant number of people have come out and tried out, but quit in the midst of you know wrestling's really tough and demanding. At the end of the day, it's not for anyone, for everyone. But those that have remained, keep your head up high and know that you've made it this far. And uh, it's the toughest sport in the world. And I recall just hearing from my coaches back in the day when they try to explain their wrestling, and it's not their quote, it's quotes that, you know, they picked up, you know, the sustain in wrestling, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable and to be successful, you have to be willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. And that means getting up at four 30 or five in the morning to go do a two mile run. Simply put wrestling is the single uh, most toughest sport in the world. Both uh, it's one of those sports where you suffer both mentally and physically in, in very arduous conditions and still have to remain focused. And that's in training, competition, and day-to-day life. You know, and if you look at Dan Gable, he had a quote said, once you have wrestled, everything else in life is easy. So basically, this is to all wrestlers that made it to this point entering the postseason. Good luck to everyone. Al, I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said there. And that was the, the point that I was going to bring up. The best thing that I have seen, uh, not just this week, but every week is the the sportsmanship uh that's yeah. being displayed by fans parents and even the wrestlers themselves you know we like to you know talk a little friendly smack talk occasionally here on the match chat prep cast but across the board um i think the respect and the admiration for what these uh young men and women are doing on the mats is simply incredible you know it's easy to forget um there's a lot of pressure on on these competitors it's not a team sport. It's not like football where you can rely on the 10 other guys that are on the field with your in basketball, where you've got teammates you can give the ball to in wrestling. Yes, you're part of a team, but it is, it is your job to go out and win your match. And, and you can't always right. very rarely does somebody ever go undefeated in competition. And so as we, it, it's a good reminder as we're talking about these results and we're talking about, Oh man, you know, this guy lost and, you know, it's not because he's bad and did a terrible job. He just, on that day, his opponent was better. And that swings all the time. We've seen it. <laughs> uh, we could point to any number of competitions this year where somebody lost to this person earlier in the year and they came back and won uh, the second time. So that's always something to keep in mind and keep that perspective, too, is that um, everybody out there competing does a tremendous job. And there is a lot of pressure uh, to be perfect and not not everybody is because we're all humans. So that, that's a good reminder there. And that's, well. that's why I said that is it's out to all the wrestlers that made it this far wrestling. Like I said, you suffer both mentally and physically. I mean, the conditions you have to train and compete in and still remain focused. Not many, not many sports you have to endure that. So if anyone's made it to this point, uh, you know, you know, kudos to them, keep it up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got uh, Jalisa and Luke tonight representing the Jerome Tigers and Caden Rubash. Uh, Jerome uh, coming on strong at the end of the season. We want to hear from everybody in the chat tonight where you're at, who you're representing. I know we always get some Moscow and Lewiston people from up north, Post Falls, of course, uh, South Fremont, 
um, New Plymouth, those are our heavy hitters, but I want to hear everybody in the comments, in the chat tonight. Um, Al, let's talk about the Weezer tournament. That was kind of the big one that was going on uh, statewide. Um, and so uh, before we get to that, Bugsy says he's in Declo. Declo is kind of a sneaky 218. We've talked about them a couple of times um, for sure. But you uh, you took a look at some stuff from, from the Weezer tournament. And um, again, a theme, a lot of younger competitors uh stepping to the to the forefront yeah we had 19 kids that are freshmen that placed um you know i would call this a a competitive tournament based on the stats um you know individually if you looked at the, uh individually the team you know fruitland won it they had a pretty good performance they had five teams ranked in their respective divisions plus the oregon team from burns was fifth and uh that team out of 11 I think 10 of their kids have placed, they're all ranked in the state. But of, of the individual champions, the 3A had 10 of the 15 champions. So it was really 3A strong. Um, state ranking, if you look at the state rankings, there was 35 state ranked wrestlers that placed. The 3A had the most with 51% 18. And then if you go by, you know, places by state division, once again, the 3A had uh, – 13 kids play. So overall pretty competitive tournament. Yeah. It was uh, really fun to see uh, the results that came through from the Weezer competition um, along the lines of underclassmen, Troy Hobbs uh, from South Fremont wants to know who you think uh, is the best freshman this year. He says, Nate Gugelman or uh, Damian Hamilton looks really tough. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, Al? And before we answer that question, it's Brian. Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, guys. Sorry I'm running late. Just got done with the duel. No, that's all right. Where were you at tonight? We had Otto Falls Skyline, which is always a barn burner. So it came down mm -hmm. to the last match like it, it often does. And uh, good crowd tonight under the spotlight. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's good to have you on here, Brian. We just got asked the question who we think the best freshman is this year in the state that we've seen. Um, Al, go ahead. I agree. Googleman's one of them. Um, he's a solid kid. He's going to be uh, one of the top kids to possibly be in the finals this year. You know, like I said, uh, at 113s, you got Marcus Elman at Fruitland. He's ranked number two in the state. He won the tournament, so he's going to be up there. Um, you know, I, I beyond that, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, Jacob, based on what you know, uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, Freeman from Caldwell. Pretty guy, uh, yeah. Canyon Ridge's twenty pounder. Yeah, I'd really like to remember his name right now, but Canyon Ridge one twenty. Yeah. Uh, then we, what about the kid, uh, ninety eight pounder from uh, call what her shirt? Yeah, he's Ryan. pretty good. Uh, yeah, ninety eight has a ton of freshmen that are super tough. Yeah, Anderson from Highland, Frothinger, uh, Shank. All those guys are pretty tough. Motley just beat Shank about an hour ago, so. Better, better put some respect on him, too, and I say that. There, there's quite a few. Uh, Burley, uh, Vega, Tristan Vega from Burley. There, there's a handful. My boat, Damien Hamilton. Yep, I was going to say Hamilton as well, and I know Century has uh, some good younger guys this year. Tom Baum, Baumgartner is uh, representing Century tonight. 
of course, in Pocatello. Kim Leonard watching on YouTube from Middleton. Kim, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Brian, do you have a, a nominee for best freshman this year? You know, I think all of those that you named, I think Braylon Moon from Ryrie is, you know, for, for the two A schools is a great freshman. Uh, you know, on the girls' side, it's too bad. Uh, uh, the brown girl from Thunder Ridge was just rocking it as a freshman. Yeah. Um, and then you also have Kyler Scott from Century. If you're looking at girls, that it, is just, you know, been dominant for a freshman at that weight. So, but I agree boys wise with everything you said there, but I do like Moon from, from Ryrie. He's good looking freshman. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a good one for sure. Uh, Amy, Amy uh, Dimmick Bowen says, is it Hall? That's the Canyon Ridge yeah. 120. Yeah. So, yep. There we go. Um, okay. So that was a good, yeah, good question there. Uh, best freshman. And then it's so exciting to see, uh, all of the, the freshmen and even the, the sophomores that have come through and, and competed really well this year. Um, okay. We've also got here in the chat, Alfonso tonight from uh, home in Thunder Ridge country. He's watching the show tonight. Uh, what do you guys, uh, think about, uh, avoiding a guy for state rankings or a coach sending a guy to an easier tournament to pad their record? I know everyone does it, and it has happened forever, and I understand why they do it, but I don't like it. I don't like it either, Alan. You were shaking your head right away on this. No, I mean, to be the best, you have to wrestle the best, and you'll know your true potential unless you put it on the line. you got to be willing to fail. got to be willing to lose. That's the only way you're going to know how to better yourself. So, no, I don't agree with that. I mean, you have to wrestle the best, and you'll Jacob, you can only hide for so long, right? Eventually, you're going to get to state, and it'll be exposed. Yeah, I don't see the point of sitting. I mean, that's the only way. I think sitting. Maybe if you're making a team run, trying to get on certain sides, maybe it's the only way you could probably justify it. Other than that, just wrestle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the end of February is coming. You know. You're going to want to be your absolute best. You can't, you can only sit for so long. Yeah, for sure. And, and Brian, it, it is something that's like, there's some gamesmanship involved there, I guess, on the part of coaching staffs, but uh, I, I don't know that it happens a ton, but I, again, I'm kind of the, the new guy here. Does, is, is it really that prevalent that it's, it's kind of the elephant in the room people talk about? You know, I don't, I don't think it's that prevalent either. I mean, yeah. I, I most coaches want the kids to go out there and have the exact attitude that Al said. You want to be the best, you wrestle the best. And I think most these kids are such fierce competitors that they want to. The coaches are competitors. So uh, every once in a while, I'm sure it happens. But for the most part, I don't think so. And, you know, I, I don't like it either where they're there to compete. So let them wrestle. Yeah, and there's exceptions. Sometimes you can be injured and, and you don't want to be, you're not 100%. You don't want to put it on the line yet. I mean, but. But during the regular early part of the season, you want to wrestle the best kids. Yes, 100%. So um, that, that was a good question as well. Jordan Thomas from Glens Ferry listening tonight. Hey, go Pilots. Yeah. Well, uh, we were talking about this on another uh, podcast today about how wide open I think 2A wrestling is going to be. I think you're going to have all of the, kind of the big powers from each district, right? You're looking at you know, Ryrie and Malad and, and Westside and Declo and New Plymouth and Kellogg. And they're all going to be bringing a lot of guys because I, I feel like they're all going to do really well at their respective district tournaments. Uh, Brian, what do you, what do you think about this two a race? I really do think it's the most wide open, most competitive. I, I think there's any number of teams that could come away with the uh, first place trophy. 
absolutely. I mean, watching out at Chalice, I mean, I think Ryrie had somebody on the podium, you know, the first eight or nine weights. Maybe they missed 160 in there, but they had kids on the podium. Westside had a few champions. I mean, they were one and two at Chalice, and you had a bunch of 4A schools there as well. So, you know, Westside's coming on strong. They've got a couple kids that should be state champions. Uh, and New Plymouth, you know, we know what they're going to bring every year. So I, I would completely agree. 2A is wide open and, you know, it's going to be who can sneak the most in in the district tournament, I think. Uh, and, you know, looking at Ryrie's district, they're going to get a lot of their JV squad in there. They've got some depth there, so that'll be fun. And I think New Plymouth is about the same. Uh, Westside, I'm not sure they've got the depth, but, you know, their their front squad is for sure going to come in strong. So it, it's wide open. It could go any of those three schools and obviously Kellogg's there as well. So. Yeah, I think Kellogg is a team that everyone should keep an eye on. Uh, Daniel Sundstrom uh, giving a shout-out to Chase Scribner from Kellogg and also Wyatt Carey from Timberlake, a couple of guys uh, up north. Um, Kellogg's sneaky good. Yes, and Troy says the same thing. I was up north last weekend, and I was very impressed with Kellogg. I do, I really do think Kellogg could come through um, and, and make some noise. We talked about that, making the drop down from 3A to 2A along with Priest River. Uh, Jed says Kellogg looked good this last weekend for sure. And here they get Bucky. a little bit of that depth through. Yeah, Kellogg that's going to be the key, right? Is get, Kellogg's getting going top two if they get a little yes. bit of depth. <laughs> yep, and Bugsy kind of agrees. Ryrie, New Plymouth, Malad, Westside, Kellogg. That's what he thinks his top five is going to be. Depth, a huge deal for sure. So um, more shout outs coming in the chat. We've got David and Michaela watching from Rupert go Minico. Of course, we always have our Minico fans that tune into the Matt chat prep cast. And, you know, on the subject of uh, districts and, you know, how many bids each district gets in terms of going to state, uh, I got an email today and I wanted to share it uh, from TJ Jones. He's an assistant coach at Mountain View. He's also uh, the father of Shiloh Jones and um, this has kind of been a storyline that's been underreported a little bit this year, but Mountain View has three heavyweights that are all just dudes. They're all studs. In fact, he shared a picture with us. I'm going to throw it up on the screen here. Here, here they are representing last weekend at, at the Weezer tournament. And you see right there, they're all right there in the top four. Now they only get to send two guys to state. And, and Coach Jones says, you know, it's a crying shame that one of the best will not be able to compete in the postseason just because he has two great battle buddies. And so, uh, Al, what do you think about this? That That is kind of a heartbreaking deal, right? Yeah, because you got Charlotte Jones. I mean, he's two-time state placer. He's a Fargo All-American, number two in the state. You got Brandon Moore, state qualifier, uh, ranked fourth. And then you got uh, McGinnis, who was two-time state qualifier, and he's also a folk style all American. So you got three solid kids are all capable of meddling. It's almost like it'd be nice to have an exception where you have a wild card, but uh, I don't know if they've ever done that before. But if there was a case of something like that, uh, it'd be nice to see all three of them wrestle at state. Yeah. Brian, how have, it's, a, has it always been kind of just, we look at how many teams and how many athletes and, and it's all predetermined. Yeah, it's always been, as far as I know, in Idaho, they've always just allowed two per school, uh, regardless in the district tournament. You know, maybe that would be an interesting idea to throw out to some of the districts. If you have a really a third solid kid, there could be one wild card based on seeding or something, depending on the district. It could work and not a bad idea. I hope Coach Jones is watching because 
I don't, I don't feel bad for him at all. I told him t uh, Shiloh could come down to Skyline and take care of that problem. But <laughs> I saw him at Minico when they were wrestling each other, and I said, I, I could fix that for you. So <laughs> I don't feel bad. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's that's really funny. Um, yeah, it is. It's kind of a bummer. Um, and, and so that's kind of the obvious one. But there, but there, this is happening in, in every classification at different weight classes. And sometimes it's just the, the raw deal. It happens in other sports as, as well. You know, basketball, volleyball, uh, for example, in basketball this year, you know, Pocatello and Preston are both top five teams. Only one of them is going to get to go to state because of a small district. So you just got to be the best. You got to beat the best, right? And it, it's, yeah. It, it, and I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Jones is a junior and McGinnis, I believe is a junior, whereas Moore is a, a senior so two of the three will be back next year hopefully um so and, and the good thing with wrestling is heavyweights that's that's where it's the worst because and all the other weights you can go up or down you know somewhere so if you have three studs at one weight usually a coach will figure that out and you'll try to get everyone to stay but heavyweights the one weight that there's just not it's not practical to <laughs> 285 to get down to 225 is quite a stretch or 220 yeah yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. And and I guess the one difference would be where, you know, like I I gave the example of Pocatello and Preston basketball, where they're both competing for one spot to state. This is teammates competing against teammates, right? It's brother on brother, and so that is that does add an element to it that you don't see uh, in the other sports um, for sure. Miguel Martinez watching from Rupert Spartan Country, Minico. Um, Jason Bryant says, evening folks, evening, Jason. Thanks for being the with big us. Dog. Appreciate it. Yeah. That Jason Bryant, big Jason yep. Bryant. Hey, thanks for, uh, showing up on the podcast. We appreciate it. I just got a delivery guy. Coach Snyder showed up with this hat after the duel because I have beat skyline. So he's standing here and, uh, let's go tigers. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like showing up to rub it in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're gonna break out in hives wearing that hat, oh, Brian. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the highlight of the night for sure. Uh JJ here from Post Falls, Idaho, checking in. Thanks, JJ, as always. Bugsy's got a question. Can you guys post the state tournament wrestling schedule? Yeah, we definitely can put that up on IdahoSports.com. Uh, it is also on the Idaho, uh, the I IHSAA website uh right now as well. I think it just got posted. Uh, in the last day or two there, but it's also there at IDHSAA.org. Aaron watching from Rexburg, go Madison. Yeah. There's a lot of uh good East Idaho representation here tonight for sure. It's all over. And we, we want to hear from you in the, in the chat. If there's a question, a probing topic you want us to answer. Some of our best topics have come from the audience. Um, there was the week where we talked about who, who who was the best sibling duo, right? Best brother sister duo in wrestling right now. And and now speaking of that, um, you have been a great voice for girls wrestling in Idaho in terms of getting it more coverage and more exposure. You've done a fantastic job of highlighting the rapid growth of girls wrestling throughout the state of Idaho. And you have uh, you've you've done another deep dive into the numbers because the girls wrestling competition is an all classification. You'll have five A's competing all the way down to one A all at the same time. You went back and looked at last year's state tournament and kind of did a breakdown of who came from what classification to kind of give us an idea of what this all 
class girls tournament might look like? So uh, last year, uh, you know, uh, uh, the top 10 teams, Eagle won the uh, state championships. If you look at the top 10 teams, three were from the 5A, six were from the 4A, and then we had a one, uh, 1A school uh, place um, in the top 10. Um, if we break it down by uh, uh, individual champions, we had 10 weight groups last year. The 5A, 5A had five of the uh, 10, 4A had three, 3A had one, and 2A had one as well. Um, if we look at the state placers by division, total of 60, uh, the 4A had the most, 23. They were just close. They were 38%. 5A had 20 placers, 3A had eight, 2A with four, then 1A division had five. Of the total income and freshmen from last year, uh, 20% were for income and freshmen. So that's a good sign. But if we look at the um, bigger picture through time since the first uh, state tournament, I think it was what, 2018, where they had an open state tournament? Yeah. Or 2019. Um, if we look at that, or we we'll just go to the Jaybird tournament, which is one of the better tournaments. In 2018, they started with 40 girls. Fast forward to 2023, we had 304 girls. Uh, today, uh, the re recent rankings, uh, we have seven girls ranked nationally. So for a small state, that is uh, not too bad. Um, and then going back, um, another note, too, is if we look at the growth in Idaho, I think the first state tournament was 2019. We had 60 girls. Fast forward to today. Uh, we have was it close to 600 girls are now competing. So it's on an exponential growth spurt. Um, another leading indicator is uh, girls wrestling college commits. Uh, as of now, and I, I hope so on post if I miss anyone, but I know Sophie Sarver from Mountain View uh, just signed with Life University. Cadence Beck of Grangeville High School is signed with uh, or committed with Eastern Oregon. And then I believe Abby Piper of Post Falls has uh, committed with William Woods University, which is in Fulton, Missouri. If we look who's wrestling in college, and please highlight if I missed anyone, but we have Marissa Jimenez, who is a multiple state champ, Pan American champ. She's at Oklahoma City. Liv Weaver of Eagle is now at Eastern Oregon. And then a lot of people remember Sierra Foster. She, I believe she was an All-American at Oklahoma City. Now she's training at the OC. TC and uh, Ohio State working on her PhD in chemistry. So yeah, it's growing. We're seeing a rapid growth, and and at the pace we're going, uh, we'll probably have over a thousand girls in the next five years or less. <laughs> That's outstanding. That I love to hear that. Uh, and for my two cents, I kind of like Eagle in the team race again on the girls' side. They just have they've got some good numbers. Um, DJC says, Brian, I haven't been gone for a month and you're wearing an IF hat. <laughs> yeah, at least DJ's kid did his job tonight. He, he got the win and, uh, Stalin just couldn't pull it out. It was a fun duel. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the result of a bad bet, right? <laughs> a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Troy says good duel, some really good matches in Meridian and Napa for those duels. Hats off to all of them, uh, for sure. Um, and they just wrestled about an hour ago, finished. Yeah. And you were watching that film before we hopped on, right, Jacob? Yeah. I was watching the live on Meridian's Facebook. 
That's the dedication of our of our panel here. Yeah, you were you you got you had a couple of different uh, matches up. You had multiple screens going before we hopped yeah, on tonight. I, Nampa, Meridian, AF, Marsh, and then I watching Kyrie go off right now. So get a little back going too. <laughs> right on. Okay, so Brig Blake wants to know how many potential four time state champs this year. Al, you. You always uh, chronicle really well the three-time state champs at the start of the year. There's only two this year, Jacob. I don't know. I'm guessing Al knows for sure. Oh. Well, I'm going. Well, we got Frothinger from Eagle going for it. We got Hans uh, Newby. We got yeah, Hunter Hobbs. Both, you know, South Fremont. Those are those are a few wrestlers I know are going for their fourth state title. Close. I was guessing off the top of my head. That's pretty good, Brian. Is there anybody else? That you can I, think of. I can't think of anyone else. Usually before the state tournament, I'll go through it, and I know Al will too, and we'll get all that data the week before the tournament. But that's that's all I can think of too, off the top of my head, are those three. Yeah, it's 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 a rare club for sure. Um, it is it is a tough thing to accomplish, uh, no doubt. Uh, Jason says, uh, question for Al: Since he spent so much time in California, how does the energy of the Idaho State Wrestling Championships compare to California? What things does Idaho do better at the tournament? And then he went on to say, I'm sure Idaho folks know this already, but when Al gets his hooks into something, he really goes all in. He was my go-to guy for info in California for over 15 years. That's high praise, Al. The difference between California and Idaho, uh, I have to say Idaho wrestling's great. There's a lot of energy here, a lot of great coaching, a lot of great wrestlers. The culture here uh, is great. But when it comes to the state tournament, because California is a one-division state tournament, it's so pencil-focused on these elite guys. So that's your focus at the state tournament. Who's going to get into the blood rounds? But at the Idaho State Tournament with the four divisions, you have that dynamic in four quads, right? You know, the 2A is really exciting, the 3A. I mean, the energy is about the same, to be honest with you. Um, so, But that's the uniqueness in the divisions is you have those highs and lows in four different sections of the of the uh, facility. Yep. Uh, I, I'm just impressed we have Jason Bryant watching our show. You know, there's a wrestling Hall of Famer, national broadcaster. I mean, running a show here with that kind of audience. So We appreciate him showing up. Uh, you know, he does a great job. And, uh, you know, we just uh, – just yeah. it's a lot going on here. Idaho, Jason, we're having a good time. And I uh, appreciate you uh, – checking us out yeah we re we really appreciate that for sure if our heads get any bigger we won't be able to weeks. <laughs> <laughs> al you got an extra bedroom for jason right <laughs> let him he let wants him to come out he's got a place to stay there we go see yeah no doubt uh so al you were talking about some of the the female wrestlers that are in college now miguel from minico reminds us that lita cruz is at grandview university mm -hmm. Uh, she was a really fun uh, competitor to watch for Minico over the past couple of years. Um, Alfonso says, shout out to state dance this weekend. Uh, my kid, I have left is competing. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking about this big run up. I totally uh, forgot to mention um, cheer and dance. That's this weekend. And then you got girls basketball and then wrestling and then boys basketball. So it is, it is nutso time at IdahoSports.com. No doubt about it. We are sprinting to the finish line. Alfonso had a follow-up question. Now that some kids' seasons have come to an end, how do you keep those kids interested and keep practicing? The good teams can do it, but a program that is struggling, it's tough. I know some teams reward those kids with a trip to state to cheer on 
their teammates. Jacob, how do you how do you keep guys motivated to keep them going? That's that's really the hard part of it. It's tough, kinda. Some of them, you know, ending their season, it's hard to keep them in the room. But being a good teammate, there's a lot of culture. That's how you kind of build it. Contributing, like all those guys need you still. Partner wise, you know, still still getting a little bit better for a tournament. Like, you need everybody you can get in there. And he's right. Reward them with, you know, the hotel stay and the trip to state and stuff like that. A little easier. Still kind of hard. Wrestling's tough, so. Yeah, you can have a goal. You you can be, yeah, you can kind of get to that point where you're just like, man, I'm done with it. You know, I don't want to keep keep burning the candle. But, Brian, how do you, because I'm sure you've seen this over over your time, how do you you keep people engaged? You know, get their eyes focused on the next goal. I mean, that's where club wrestling kicks in, Uh, you know, freestyle Greco season. Uh, you know, a lot of kids that folk style is a grind. I, I motivate our high school kids just telling me, you know, freestyle Greco tournaments are a lot of fun. It's a little more relaxed. It's free flow. Uh, so, you know, get them out there. That's why we keep a 12 passenger van. And, uh, you know, we, we try to tell the kids we'll, we'll pay their entry fees, you know, get them singlet shoes for helping coach the little kids. Just keep them involved doing whatever we can in the off season and uh, get their eyes focused on next season right away. But uh that's really why I love the Greco freestyle season because it does kind of break up that mundane. Um, so that's, you know, one thing I like to see in these good teams. If you look at all these guys that have signed D1, um, every single one of them, you know, it's Fargo or, or freestyle Greco from here until Fargo. And, you know, they'll hit folk style and nationals and stuff too, but just the different styles and the different uh, feel. So I think that's a great way to keep kids going. Yep. Uh, Coach Snyder says February is the best time to be wrestling Everything up to this point has just been practice and preparation. Now is when everything matters. And Al, even for those players or, or those uh, competitors that aren't, uh, you know, their season has come to an end, you can still show up to practice and give those guys that are still pursuing those state goals. You can you can work hard and make them work hard and get better still, right? Yeah, we encourage that. I mean, we have some kids that lost some wrestle-offs. Uh, you know, as everyone knows, in Idaho, the top two in each weight group from a school can go to districts, qualify for state. We have some weight groups at Rocky where our third and fourth place, our string kid, it has beaten the number two guy in any given day. So it's so close. And, you know, if they lose, you encourage them, hey, come back in. You know, you just got to keep moving, keep working at it. So, yeah, there's some kids we encourage that because they're so close. Yeah, it's it is. It's really a fine line for sure. So, um, yeah, that's a great question, though. Thought provoking question. And that's the programs uh, like, you know, South Fremont, Ryrie, Meridian recently. Um, it does. It takes time to build that culture, like Jacob said. And it all starts there with getting everybody to, to buy in. And so uh, it's been impressive to see the programs uh, that have had this sustained run of excellence um, continue to to do phenomenally well. Especially at the smaller schools, you know, guys, uh, usually we do the show on Tuesday nights. Last night I, I had a basketball game I had to cover. I was at, uh, I was actually at Thunder Ridge where uh, the, the uh, Ryrie girls won the girls basketball district championship. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the Ryrie girls have won like seven district titles in a row. The Ryrie boys basketball team is in first place. And then, the, and then their wrestling program just shows up year in, year out. They must have every athlete, Brian, in that school go out for a winter sport and they're all excellent no matter what they're doing yeah it's it's a culture of excellence out there and i think they do have everybody out and you know the coaches just do a fantastic job i mean 
they, they'll have 70 kids in the wrestling room, which is just amazing for a two A school. So impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Al, we were talking about four time state champs earlier. Uh, Yanita says, uh, Al, if I remember, Alyssa Randles is in the run for a four time. Yeah, title. she's won three. She's ranked. She's the highest ranked in the, uh, in the state in the country. Uh, One twenty six is, uh, and I'm not sure if she's picked a, uh, a college yet. But yeah, she's a heavy favorite to win number four. Um, so yeah, she's right now. I'd say pound for pound, she's probably the best girl in the state. One of them. Yeah, uh, she she's been really fun to watch, and and we talked about as well that they should really incorporate. You know, when you're talking about four time champions, you know, incorporate those athletes that won back in the early stages when it was an open competition. That should all be included uh, in in the records uh, process for sure. Wendy has a question: How does it work with girls since they're not separated out by divisions? So we talked about how the bracket had gotten expanded this year, but what is the actual selection process? How do they fill out that bracket? Because you're taking all classifications, all districts. Um, Al, do you know how that gets filled out? I think it's multiple districts and the girls competing in a region. And then from there uh, they go to state. Um, so I am not a hundred percent because this is the first year we've done this. So I haven't had a chance to really look at it closely, but I would think a lot of the, five and four a schools in our region probably wrestle in the same district tournament. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, that. Yeah, it is. It's broken out. So districts one and two are together. So all, all classifications, then district three, four. So districts one and two get two girls. District three gets five uh, districts, five gets three girls. And then district five and six over here on this side of the state are combined and get five, which can be a crazy tournament. We were trying to plan the, the girls regional tournament over here. Um, and you could possibly have 35 schools. Now, looking through the brackets or the, the entries, there will probably be about 29 teams there. But that could, you know, it makes it for a lot of fun. And it's really hard to, you know, go through and try to plan where you want to put your girls because the girls are bouncing around a lot. And then there's one, I think they have one wild card for the girls. So those districts are assigned, you know, two, five, three, and five. And then there's one wild card available, uh, which is going to be in a high demand. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's like a super state for girls is what we have right now. So that's, it's kind of cool that way. Yeah. yeah. The, those wild cards are uber competitive uh, for sure. There's going to be some, some people that uh, will disagree with those, but it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, so Jay Brian, um, we talked okay. about four time state champions for the girls last year. Uh, Lita Cruz became the first from Minico. Mm -hmm. And then we got Alyssa Randos and we got Olivia Woods from Eagle. They're both in position to win possible number four. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. That's outstanding. That's really. But I have to say, at the pace girls wrestling is going in the competition level, not to take anything from what the girls have achieved now, I think it's going to get more and more difficult in the years to come to see those type of accolades because it is getting that much tougher. Yeah, I can't think of many freshmen. I mean, Kyler Scott's going to be in there, but she's got Cadence back to face. Uh, the brown girl from Thunder Ridge would have been in there competing, and unfortunately, she's out. So I don't know if we're going to have anybody this year qualify, you know, to be pushing for that four years. So we could have a hiatus there. We have Talia Nichols from Rocky Mountain. She was under fourteen national champ. Uh, she's done pretty good, but she's in a competitive weight. So yeah, uh, we'll see. But she, you know, she has that potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one fourteen weight. You really got three freshmen that could. You got. 
Taylor Hood from Buell is also mm-hmm. right in the mix. And uh, obviously Kyler Scott, who we've already said. So you got three freshmen right there that could be competing for it, which is <laughs> impressive. Yeah, <laughs> is Snyder a freshman or a sophomore? I think Kyler's a freshman. Pretty sure Kyler. No, slider. Oh, sli- Jolie. Oh, Jolie, she's a sophomore. She's a sophomore. Did she win it last year? Uh, she did not. She was, or did she at 100? I didn't think so, but I'd have to look. It's a good question. Yeah. I don't recall off the top of my head. We'll look, we'll, we'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, Bugsy, my man in Declo, he's all about the chaos. He says, telling you 64 man bracket with power rankings could be good i don't know anytime you're putting power rankings in as a as a criteria that's that opens up pandora's box but we can't start with that with how he opened the show (laughs) you know to be (laughs) fair to be fair after i said he called this all idiots he did say not idiots just some things overlooked definitely not idiots so we appreciate now that i know he's from declo i know where he's going with it (laughs) I, i see what he's saying yeah, um, and then Bugsy had this idea as well. Let's combine the guys' division, like the girls. Just saying it could be good, could be a nightmare. <laughs> um, yeah, we've talked about maybe having a tournament of champions-type uh, deal. That'd be kind of fun uh, for sure. Um, here's a question from Matt. Uh, apologies if this has been covered before. I don't think we talked about this on the show, uh, but will weight classes adjust to the new NFHS classes next year? That's the National Federation of high schools um brian do you know are we adopt tip typically whatever the nfhs does idaho adopts that so yeah we we will be adopting them next year they talked about it in the, the preseason meetings and and so we have those weight classes ready to go the one thing that i don't think they've decided and they may do it at the coaches meetings the week of state is you know like 98 we added that as a state um, and, and so there's some options and, and there's options there. There's two or three plans. But I, if I remember right, they've already decided which option they're going to do, whether it was that you have the option of like 10 girls weights and 15 boys or 15 boys and 12. Um, and so I believe that decision has been made. And I don't have the rule book in front of me to say what those are, but we are going to be adopting and it's going to be changing. What, so what is changing? Is it just the, the number of, of weights, the variance of weights are there's not like 98 will remain 98, right? Or is it going to get tweaked? It's going to get tweaked. And so, and I wish I had my, my preseason manual in front of me. Like, it seems like one of the options, the weights go from like 60 to 65. So you have a 57 to 65. Um, so there's some definite adjustments in there. And yeah, I don't know, Jacob, maybe you have it in front of you. Remember what the new weight classes are going to be, but it's out there. I thought it was more, more closer to college weights. I'm not exact, but I think it's a, a lot closer. I, uh, I was looking at it because it has been Utah does it. Utah has the new ones right now. Yep. But not a lot of states have 98. So it'd be kind of a, it'd be hard to drop it. Yeah. Especially in Idaho. Matt, Matt says, looks like a little more space between the upper weights, which I, I don't, I, I think actually would be a good thing. I don't think that's going to be a bad thing necessarily uh, in the upper weights. So, yeah. I've, I've, so here it is. It's 106, 113, 20, 26, 32, 38, 44 is the first one that's different. Uh, 150, 57, 65, 75, 90, 215, and 285. And then the one option is that's only 14 weights. And Idaho is one of the few handful of states that added a 15th weight class with 98 pounds. And my, my guess is they're going to do that again. Yeah. 
Yeah, Jed says it, it all changes after 138, and that's kind of what Brian just said. So, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. That'll be a new tweak. That, I actually uh, like those weights. Yeah, I actually do too, as as Brian was was reading them off. So I, I think that'll be a good change um, for sure. So, so I looked up uh, Jolie Slater. The reason she won't be going for four is last year, uh, girls didn't have a 100-pound weight class. And so she was wrestling in the 106, weighing about 90 pounds. So – if we had a hundred last year, I think she'd definitely be uh, pushing for that full time. Man, and that and that's the kind of stuff. That's the context that's important when we start talking about you know the great female wrestlers in the state of Idaho. This was kind of a uh, as as we did it, it. Was it perfect right away? Of course not. And so those are important things to note as we look back on the history of girls wrestling uh, in Idaho as well. That's, that's a good point to, uh, to make there, Brian, for sure. So, all right. Well, I think, uh, I think that about caps it off. We had a lot of good, uh, you know, activity in the chat again from everybody uh, that was tuned in and, and watching tonight. What, uh, what, what is everybody, what are you guys doing this week? Uh, we got, we got districts coming up real soon. Brian, where, where are you at? So I'm going to be at the girls district tournament for regions five and six this Saturday. And then, you know, so not a lot after tonight until girls district Saturday. So that's where I will be all day Saturday and then getting ready for all those district tournaments that the follow up this next week, which is just going to be, we'll know a lot come next week. That's for sure. Yep. Al, where are you going to be at for districts? Well, um, districts will be, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on a Tuesday and Wednesday of next week of all days. So uh, we're going to be at the, uh, the expo center in Boise. And I think it's going to be boys, girls, uh, 5A. And then I believe the boys 4A too. So they're mixing it up this year. So something new. So that's where we'll be next week. Okay. And Jacob, you're going to be at master control, kind of keeping an eye on everything, right? Yeah. I wish everybody would pick up flow. It'd be way easier. <laughs> My week, I won't have to get off the couch. And hang out. <laughs> I watch track. It's way better. I yeah. get all the kids in the club, I have their flows. Uh, they're probably going to change password now, but I have every TV and every device has a different flow account, so I can watch all of them. It's way better. So that's how I run my weekends. I can watch some college guys. You know, I can watch this, that. And I, I'll probably – I'll just watch on track. Girls is really the only thing happening this weekend. I know there's some two-way duels uh, Friday. Yeah, and Bugsy Bugsy says Declo said it to Buell tomorrow with Kimberly for a little try match there. So that should be pretty good competition. Um, there all right. much. Yeah, it, it kind of lightens up as we get to districts, of course, and then we have that mad two-week sprint to the end for sure. Yeah. Okay, um, a couple of late uh, shout-outs coming in here. Mendy says, shout-out to Hudson Rogers, who recovered from an ACL injury. It's been a pretty – uh, awesome story this year on the wrestling circuit for sure. Um, Julie and Eric say Pilgrims, the Hammers at New Plymouth. They want to give a shout out to the Grims. Um, Andrew Olinger says shout out to Aaron McDaniel from Westside. He's a he's going to have some options. I think he's he's a really good football player too. A good defensive lineman, outstanding wrestler. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to continue to watch his development for sure. And um, David and Michaela say Minico is going to Jerome tomorrow. That should be interesting in terms of that conference. Some good matches. Yeah, District Four, Jerome and Minico, the clear, you know, top two teams there. Um, and Alfonso says, uh, Jacob, you know my flow account. 
<laughs> Titan one, baby. I know it. Fonzie. Uh, and Leah says, uh, Wendell is hosting Declo on Monday. I assume that's, uh, is that for districts, Leah? I mean, I think they're, I, I can't remember how many teams are in the district. I, in all the other sports, it's just Declo and Wendell. But with wrestling with the one ace coming up, it might be a little uh, bigger. But um, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch uh, for sure. So, okay. Um, thanks, everybody uh, that tuned in tonight on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and uh, Twitter account. Bugsy says districts next Thursday. There you go. So just Wendell and Declo in a duel. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, thanks for watching, everybody. Before you head out, again, if you could hit that like button, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, and then uh, retweet it, share it on Facebook. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. That's going to help everybody that couldn't be here live tonight come back tomorrow or, or even Friday uh, to come back and, and rewatch it. So um, just hit that like button on the way out. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, as always, for Al and Jacob and Brian, I'm Brandon, and we'll see you next week for another edition of the Matt Chat Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. <laughs>